Walter Cronkite once said, There is no such thing as a little freedom. Either you're all free or you are not free. Walter Cronkite was wrong. Nobody is so-called all free, and we'll talk about that in today's episode. But we'll also talk about the continued pursuit of freedom and what it can mean not only for succeeding in your business, but for enjoying it more as well. This is the Heart Body Business Podcast. Inspiration, tips, and tools for entrepreneurs seeking a more fulfilling type of success. One that stems from exploring and expressing their true passion and purpose and finding healthy ways to do so. All coupled with insights and action items to get a business moving in the right direction. I'm Steve, your host, and I invite you to learn more at heartbodybusiness.com. So Walter Cronkite believed you were either all free or you simply were not free. Well, since I can prove in two seconds that no one is 100% free, that means he thought no one was free. This is true if we're all literal NPCs, if we're living in a game that is so highly programmed that we have zero free will. And while I believe we may indeed live in a sort of program, and that we're each individually programmed, and that we have less free will than many people think, I still believe we can choose between light and darkness in any given moment, that we are in fact constantly doing so, but whenever we're not making a conscious effort, we choose whichever option is easiest for us. That's what autopilot does. If we're living in a program and our choices are light or dark in any given moment, this is similar to choosing between ones and zeros binary options, exactly how programs are created. Now, I think this is a really interesting topic, and maybe we'll discuss it more in future episodes, but suffice it to say, I don't think we have zero freedom, and I know we don't have 100% freedom. Take that, Walter Cronkite. And now I'm wondering, how many people are going to have to look up who Walter Cronkite was? But I digress. Freedom. It's honestly my favorite theme, and it's a complicated one. Everyone wants to be free, but I feel like most people don't appreciate the give and take involved. For instance, many consider themselves to be free when they are single, but there are certain elements of life they cannot experience outside of a relationship, so they are not free to experience those things. And yet, certainly you give up certain freedoms to be in a relationship as well. As adults, we are free not to earn a living, but without money in our society, we are limited in the number of things we can buy or do. If we choose to earn money, however, we have lost some freedom of time until we find ways to earn passively. Likewise, we are free not to take care of our bodies with sleep diet, exercise, and so on. But if we let our health decline, we become limited in things we can do, and we may ultimately endure more pain and illnesses in our lives. Is that freedom? Or are we freer when we invest a little something every day to optimize our later years? And in society as a whole, 
there's this massive question over individual rights versus collective rights. For instance, we saw a lot of this through the pandemic with authorities trying to enforce masks. I know there are a lot of debates over the value of masks, and I'm not personally a fan, but let's say it was proven beyond reasonable doubt to anyone that they could substantially slow the spread of a virus, that they would indeed save countless lives. Then, by definition, if you refuse to wear a mask in public, you could be effectively killing people. We have laws against killing people, and I don't think most of us disagree with those laws. So in this case, wouldn't it make sense to have laws about wearing masks? I mean, if it was a relative certainty to all of us that they worked, then shouldn't the collective right to live override the individual's freedom to not wear a mask? This is how a large number of people felt. It's why they were so angry at people who didn't wear masks. They felt you were literally killing others, and that shouldn't be allowed. Same as you shouldn't be allowed to walk into a public place and start shooting people. Now, I know a lot of people who didn't wear masks looked at the evidence of whether they worked and how well. They also looked at ramifications on childhood development, overall communication, which relies hugely on reading people's faces, and even on public safety. There's a reason you normally cannot go into a bank with a mask on. So in this case, as much as some people might have liked to think so, the issue was not indisputable, which is why mask enforcement was so debatable. But let's say 99% of the people were convinced that not wearing a mask was murder. In a republic, we want to protect everyone's individual rights against the opinions of the majority. But when do we agree on a fact and protect the rights of society as a whole? This is the eternal challenge of balancing individual versus collective rights. If we believe in freedom, we should believe in being free up to the point of infringing on someone else's rights. I think intuitively most of us get that, but it's not always easy to determine where we cross that line. There are, for instance, noise ordinances. If you're partying with loud music all night every night, you're definitely infringing on your neighbor's ability to sleep, stay healthy, perform at work, etc. And what if you're loud in the day and your neighbor is a night shift worker? Are you ever allowed to make noise on your property that carries into the neighbor's yard? Are you allowed to mow your lawn with anything more than a silent push reel mower? Then if we want to get esoteric about it, I've said before that I believe we all influence one another through a collective mind, or actually through three collective minds, those that act on us through the brain, heart, and gut. So where I'm a big proponent of free speech and am against censorship, outside of perhaps doxing people and calling for violence against them, I also feel that every angry thought we give energy to hurts other people on a subtle level. That when a lot of us are angry, a lot of hurt occurs, and it ends up causing some people to lash out even to commit crimes. 
Again, I know this is esoteric, but it's how I view life. It's part of why I believe it's so important to develop the heart and have this come to rule over our other consciousness centers. Until we are perfect, there is a little of all of us in those who commit crimes. The problem of crime and accountability is far more complex than we pretend. So again, while I'm against censorship, I believe the things we say, which is energy given to a thought, the things we say do infringe on other people. So where, when we make rules as a society, do we draw lines between the individual and society? In fact, this is impossible to get perfect because those lines are fictitious. In some sense, we are individuals. In some sense, we are a group. This is, of course, made worse by individuals who seek to run the country not for freedom, but for power. We have far too many of those. But you can see where there are challenges in doing what's right, even if we absolutely believe in individual freedom. For all its complexity, though, I'm convinced that the brightest and warmest possible world only comes about when everyone is free to live their purpose, to pursue the highest good they are able to achieve. This dream of a better world was encapsulated in the Declaration of Independence when it said that we were endowed by our Creator with the inalienable right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This concept was not entirely new when Jefferson wrote it, but it was usually a concept of life, liberty, and property. I love that Jefferson went beyond ownership and saw success in terms of whatever would make one happy. Now, I'm not blind to the fact that slaves were not freed at this time, nor that Jefferson himself had slaves. The country was born in compromise to those who refused to see slaves afforded the same rights as others. Property owners were also given more rights than those who held no property. But a principle was born at that time, and we've steadily worked on the theme of freedom ever since. A great experiment in the history of humanity And I am not one to say it failed because it didn't start perfectly or because we have stumbled along the way. It is the same as every topic of success. It's not a failure until you give up. In a world history full of top-down control, I know of nothing so beautiful as this goal we have to set individuals free, to let them pursue happiness which they will only find by discovering and pursuing their purpose for being here. In my mind, this is why there is so much force sent against us finding our way and why we need to continue marching this path. Stumble though we may, we rise again. So freedom is central to our happiness, true in our personal lives and for entrepreneurs, true in our businesses. Yet too often, we are not free in our businesses. We literally have a phrase about being a slave to our businesses. And I think it's worth regular reflection on where we feel like slaves to them. Is it paperwork, repetitive processes, or even no longer having a passion for the product or service we sell? In many cases, if we can identify where we feel like slaves, we can find solutions. Maybe they take time to implement. 
Maybe they don't fully solve the problem. But just like the great USA experiment, the goal is progress, not perfection overnight. A lot of paperwork and a lot of repetitive processes, for instance, can be automated. It's just about finding the right software to help out. As we see this rise of artificial intelligence, our automation options are expanding as I speak. We can automate appointments and payments and contracts, and now even content for our websites with AI writing, although that's a topic unto itself. Even if we've lost the passion for our products and services, it could be possible for someone else to be involved in the day-to-day of selling them or providing them. Or we might find a way to shift into a new area, perhaps in a complementary way to expand our sales. Or we might find new ways to think about them, new people to serve, new benefits to be shared, and this might spark our interest once more. Now, it's not just enough to see where you are a slave to what exists in your business. With any space of freedom, are you pursuing what you're passionate about? Are you finding your purpose and looking for ways to integrate that into your life and your business? I'll make this personal by talking about this podcast. Over the years, I've worked as a freelancer and in corporate positions, but I've always had side projects that allowed me to express my interests and passions. Sometimes these were side businesses, sometimes they were artistic outlets, usually through music or writing. Last year, I started deeply reflecting on where I am in life now and where I wanted to spend my energy. What would allow me to express my purpose in life and make an impact in other people's lives. I spent months in reflection because I knew one important truth. While I have a lot of interests, and while there are a lot of ways to make money, it would not be sustainable unless I loved the work. Especially along a full-time job, you need an immense amount of energy to sustain you in working even more hours on outside projects, and that can only come from a deep and genuine passion. I realize that I have such passions for personal development, health, and business, so it made sense to see if I could help entrepreneurs not only with tools and tips for succeeding in their businesses, as this can be found anywhere, but to help them to live their purpose and in healthy ways so that business can be fulfilling and life can be lived. This was the birth of the heart-body-business concept. Now, I initially envisioned this as a community that I could interact with through a private social network and that I would promote through this podcast. But I quickly realized this was going to involve a lot of work I wouldn't be passionate about starting unless and until there was existing demand for it. I wanted to share the ideas of heart-body business, though, so the podcast really appealed to me, along with interacting with others through existing social media. There was one caveat to this, though. I wouldn't be passionate about the podcast if I couldn't share what I was passionate about. Makes sense, right? But what I mean is, I couldn't do it if I was afraid to express my truth, if I was trying to make everyone happy with the content. Yes, my intention is to be heart-centered with this podcast. My intention is to embrace the good in all people and to try seeing things from their perspective rather than making black and white judgments about them and their motives. And yet, 
I still have my own opinions on things and my own ways of expressing them. And the way humans work, these will resonate with some people and not with others. Some people will like me for them and others will not. But if I want this project to be sustainable, I must find myself free to express what is really inside me. What is my purpose to share with the world? To help those who find something useful here, while others go elsewhere to find what meets them where they are. I say all this because it applies to all our businesses. You cannot simply say, this is what I love to do, people should pay me for it. But I believe you can and should ask, this is what I love. How can I incorporate this into something that people want or need? How can I serve the community in a way that has value to others and that allows me to offer the best of what's inside me? And at the same time, knowing that if your business expresses you as an individual, if it's not just selling commodities for the general public, then it will not be for all people. But what you want is to serve a large enough market that resonates with your uniqueness. And in doing so, you not only gain customers, you gain fans, people who will talk about you and send others your way. Doing what you're passionate about and being able to express it honestly and being able to make a living in this way is the ultimate freedom in how we serve the world. There is no greater outlet. Question is, what do you really love? And how could you express more of that in your business in a way that would help it to grow? And what is holding you back from doing so, either externally or internally? What's getting in the way, keeping you from being free? As we discussed, freedom is a complex topic. Often you have to give up one freedom to be free in another way. Ultimately, Working to bring our loves into our businesses is done not to become 100% free, since there's no such thing, but it's done to become more free. If you're stuck in your business because you do not know something, are you willing to give up some time freedom to learn it or some financial freedom to hire the help you need? If you're just running a steady, average business that stands out in no way, Are you willing to live your genius to make it something unique, knowing that you may lose some customers on your way to gaining others that are raving fans? Is it possible that short-term sacrifices would earn you more time freedom or financial freedom in the future as your business becomes unstuck? And would you earn more enjoyment from this as well? You will never be all free. But the question is, what will you do with the freedom you have? Will you use it only to indulge what immediately feels good? Or will you invest it in expanding who you are, what you can achieve, and how fulfilled you can become? Will you invest it in becoming freer tomorrow than you are today, and in helping others to do the same? In the end, every business is about taking away someone's pain or increasing their happiness. In our messaging, it's not about the product or service we sell, but about how it will change their lives. When we can help someone see that, we are more likely to have them as customers, and even, we hope, as loyal customers and even friends. 
Ultimately, this means helping people to be more free, to pursue what they are here to pursue. And as we help ourselves with that, and we help other people with that, we are moving closer to that golden age I envision, an age when we're all giving what's best within us and bringing us as close as possible to a kind of heaven within our world. Till next time, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe. You can also join our mailing list to get alerts on our latest episodes and other tips, tools, and news. Learn more and sign up at heartbodybusiness.com.